The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Tech Cat Show with host Lori H. Schwartz. Each week we hear from established leaders in the technology and consumer industry. Finding out the scoop should never be this much fun. Now, here is your host, Lori H. Schwartz. Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen. It's great to be back on the Tech Cat Show. We took a little break for a couple of months, and we are kicking it up high today with a special guest. Her name is Ashley Crowder, and Ashley is the co-founder and CEO of Antana, which is a company that builds scalable and interactive hologram systems. And you, you really would have to be sleep at the wheel if you haven't heard talk about immersive technologies in the last year, both for business and consumer, pur- uh, consumer purposes. Lots of different things going on in the virtual reality space. Hollywood has sort of been running with the ball on that. But there's also a lot going on with holograms. And it may sound like I'm talking about science fiction or Star Trek or Star Wars and the famous hologram of Princess Leia, but this is very real tech now, and the fabulous Ashley is going to talk about what they are building with Antana and how they're turning it into viable business solutions. So let's have a big tech cat welcome for the fabulous, the very smart, and the very augmented Ashley Crowder. Ladies and gentlemen, Ashley Crowder! Yay! <laughs> All right, everyone, calm down, calm down, everyone. All right. <laughs> That's the very exciting Tech Cat um, audience clapping for you, Ashley. So, um, <laughs> Thank tell, you. Tell, tell us about yourself, my darling, because you have a really interesting, you, you, this is your baby, so tell, tell us about how you built Ventana. Thanks. Yeah, so I uh, co-founded Ventana about three and a half years ago uh, with my co-founder, Ben. Um, my background's in engineering. I, I always like tinkering, building things, and it initially started uh, around music and wanting to allow artists to play multiple venues at the same time. We saw friends watching live streams on their laptop, and why would you sit at a desk to enjoy a concert? That was miserable. You know, it's about that environment and dancing with your friends and going to the venues. So we really founded Ventana around creating more authentic experiences, um, and that really led into holograms, because what better way to recreate an experience than a, than a holographic projection? And there was really nothing on the market that was affordable or scalable. So we built our own hardware, started doing hologram concerts, and very quickly started working with a number of brands who wanted it to be interactive. And and that led us into building our interactive hologram tech, which is where we are today. And can you describe what a hologram is? And I kind of associate it inside of the world of augmented reality, which is this idea of creating, like, physical assets that, you know, digital assets that people interact with in the real world as opposed to virtual reality, which is when you're going inside of a world. So can you talk a little bit about what a hologram really is? That's exactly right. Holograms fall within augmented reality. Um, Augmented reality is putting the digital into our real world, and that's why it's so powerful because it gives you the seamless access to data and can really be used in every aspect of your life because of that. 
holograms in particular, uh, we focused on at Ventana because they are standalone and you don't need any wearables. Whereas VR, you have to wear the goggles. Um, Microsoft HoloLens is augmented reality and great augmented reality, but you still need to wear that headset. Holograms are standalone hardware that are putting the digital into our world. So a group of people all in the same room can see and interact with the same thing. And in terms of how um, how this this product that you've created actually works, like is someone walking up to a hologram that's talking to them, or like how how does it all play out for the products that you guys are creating? Yeah, so we have a number of products that are they're based out into two separate lines. So we have our, our life size hologram displays, which are great for executive speeches, conferences, concerts. Anything you read where you would want a life-size human hologram or, say, a life-size hologram car. Then we have our retail size display, which is our, our smaller kiosk units that come in 40-inch and 50-inch sizes. Those are really great for trade shows, retail, storefront windows, movie theater lobbies. Both of them have interactive pieces to them. We've done displays where you can ask the hologram question. The hologram will respond back to you. You can see your hologram live. Your gestures can control holograms as well. So just like Minority Report, standing in front of our display, you can swipe left and right and bypass different products or move a product around or change the color, all just with your motions. And again, not having any wearables, which is what was so important to us because we were focused on these group experiences. We want to catch you when you're walking down the mall and, and you're all of a sudden you're interacting with holograms in a storefront window. So this is really like all of these different science fiction movies that we've all kind of grown up with where there's a hologram trying to sell you something or like in Minority Uh Report or even in AI where something pops up and chats with you and then responds to you. This is real happening right now. Is that right? Yes, and that's what we love about it. We like to say we're trying, you know, we're trying to make Star Trek and Star Wars all a reality. Um, we're really all tech nerds at Ventana, and so I think it came out of our our childhood dreams to make that make that real. Um, and once we we've created these displays, it's we've really got people fully engaged, and and that's what brands have really been looking to do, which have been, uh, you know, our major customers because nobody's really listening to commercials anymore. Um, you know, people like this podcast is, is entertainment. It's not traditional mediums where traditional commercials are reaching people, but it's doing these experiential events. And, and how do you get people's attention? And, and our interactive holograms have been a great way to do that. And so while we have your attention, we're actually collecting a lot of data on you as well um, to really help the brands sell their products and perfect their products based on your input. That's so cool. So can can you give me an example of like what something a brand has done and how a consumer has interacted with it that has generated that data? Yes. So I'd say our our number one seller is our hologram selfie. Uh, We joke we've invented a lot of technology and we're doing selfies, but that's what people want. (laughs) Hologram Uh, selfie. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, the best example was at the U.S. Open this year for Mercedes-Benz we did a hologram of Roger Federer. And everyone who's at the U.S. Open could walk up, see their hologram live next to Roger, and serve him a ball, and he would hit it, which is super fun. And then they got a picture or video that they could post to social media. Um, super fun. Who doesn't want to share a picture of you with a superstar athlete? But from a brand's perspective, 
that's great because user-generated content is the most shared and the most trusted type of media. And so having consumers share their experience with Mercedes is the best way to get online content for them. And meanwhile, we're tracking how much engagement they're really getting on social, who's actually participating. We can send them their emails, and we can even use machine vision technology to tell them demographics of everyone who went through the activation. Ooh, what, so, so what do you mean by that? That sounds awesome. <laughs> Thanks. So, so yeah. yeah, instead of having people fill out a survey to tell, tell me male, female, race, age, we can actually scan the holographic images to get that data. That is so cool. And then um, I know when I played with this at your offices, I got emailed something when I opted in, and I wanted to opt in because, I wanted to see the experience. So then you emailed me sort of more more information about what I played with. And so that's the sort of down the funnel piece that you're talking about, right? Exactly, yeah. So everybody who does a hologram selfie experience receives a branded email with a GIF or video that they can then post to social media. That email can have any type of information that the client would want uh, the user to see about their product. Um, and then that's how we track everything. And really, it's how you can reach back out to the brand. And the, um, are clients now, like, getting it? Or, um, and, and not to say that you have to do a big sales thing, but are you finding more and more clients are understanding this concept of a hologram and how it could be used to create engagement? Or are they still kind of like, what, what are you talking about? Yeah, we, we are seeing traction there. And at first, you're right. Education was was pr- probably our biggest barrier because this tech is so new. Um, VR is now the, the big buzzword. And because of the explosion of VR, people started asking for holograms. So both industries really kind of feed each other and, and have been great on educating the marketplace. Something else we've done internally is to try and come up with a few turnkey solutions for people and for brands. You know, we have a lot of people come into our office, play around with the technology and think it was amazing, but they didn't understand how to apply it to what they were doing. So we've really tried to break it down into certain segments for different industries. Well, that's really smart. And so are, are, you, are you thinking or seeing from a data perspective that certain business categories do better with this type of experience or is it really anybody in any category can really benefit from that kind of engagement? It can really be all categories. It, it just changes the type of content that makes the most sense. So a lot of what we've been doing at trade shows is for clients that might have a much complicated product. So uh, connected devices, uh, using our holograms to explain how they work. Or, uh, you know, Disney has new connected toys. So trying to explain to parents, why does this toy now cost $130 and this toy was $25? Um, and so having a hologram animation explaining how the toy works and what it does and what your kid can be doing with it, um, all the way down to for NBC last week, we let people struggle fire. And that, that was the example that you did in our office, which was just really fun. Yeah, that was so and, much fun. I mean, it yeah, was so and, much fun. <laughs> exactly. So sometimes it's just about having fun, <laughs> which most things should be about. So. Well, yeah, absolutely. So what I love about what you're talking about, too, is that so much of the problem for so many brands is that there is an education piece if a product is complex. And usually sales staff in any retail environments or even in more traditional online situations can't really get to the heart 
of what that, you know, piece of information that a consumer needs is. So then if you have a lifelike form explaining something to you, I, I would think the connection would be so much bigger. Definitely. And then, and then it's taken one step further when they get to be a part of that display too, and they get to see their own hologram live. And that's when, when people really feel it's magical. Right, because it's not only like, of course, the famous one is Tupac at Coachella. And were you guys involved at all in that? No, that that was not us. And and that really, you know, put holograms on the map. Um, But also on the flip side, because of that, people usually just think of artists when they think of holograms. But there's really so many other applications, and that's what we're really focused on, doing doing things in retail to draw people back into the brick-and-mortar store and finally replacing some of those cardboard cutouts in movie theater lobbies to make that exciting again. So, oh you know, God, that's really this. just one aspect. <laughs> the, I, no, I think it's it's just absolutely fantastic, and it's, such, it's not tech just to use tech, but it's tech with a really uh, smart purpose. And we're going to take a break, but when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more to Ashley about some of the bigger trends that are happening in augmented reality and why now? Like, why is this happening now? Because it really is an exciting time where, you know, total girl geeks like myself who have been, like, living off of science fiction are now actually experiencing it in our real lives. So it's just so interesting. So we'll be back with Ashley Crowder from the fabulous Fantana to talk more about holograms and augmented reality on the Tech Cat Show. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform. Innovate. Create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. If you are a small business owner or entrepreneur, you may not be aware of the different options available to you in securing business capital in today's market. We discuss and explore these options each week on Small Business Capital America with host Michael Schumacher. There are two primary ways of building business capital. Profits, which are basically higher revenue and reduced expenses, and external or debt capital. Listen live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business. If you want to learn how to be a better leader, increase your level of business performance, and motivate your team and organization more effectively, listen for Performing at Your Best, Mindset Evolution with Luis Vicente Garcia. Luis Vicente and his guests will share their expertise and enthusiasm in helping you to succeed. It's combining that drive with business skills that will do just that. Tune in live every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to Lori at TechCat.tv. That's Lori at TechCat.tv. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Tech 
So we've been chatting with Ashley Crowder of Ventana, who is talking to us about holograms and augmented reality and all the great things that her company is doing to create business solutions using this really hot tech that creates really exciting interaction between brands and consumers and throws off a lot of data. So it's just a really, really cool thing. You and I were just chatting a little bit about museums and other sort of physical spaces where consumers might interact with with a hologram. Are, Are you guys doing a lot of museum work? Yeah, we are. Museums is the other big vertical that, that we're into from everything to preserving, you know, historical characters that you could talk to and ask questions and they'll respond to being able to have, you know, a mummy in, in 10 different museums, but holographic. And with our gesture control, you'd actually touch it, pick it up and, and move it around and, and do things that you could never do to some of these ancient artifacts before. That's so cool. Do you do you feel like I, I, I was thinking about this um, Disneyland um, trip where you know a lot of their technology was before all of this happened. I mean, do we need like a Abraham Lincoln you know robot, or would it be make more sense now to have one of your hologram Abraham Lincolns? Um, you know, deliver. Yeah, sure. I think it'd definitely be easier to do a hologram version. Um, you know, anytime you're you're trying to recreate a deceased person, there there is a fair amount of CGI work to go into it to make it very photorealistic. Um, but it's still once once you've created that image, uh, we take it and we, we make it interactive. So if you wave, you know, Lincoln could wave back at you, or you could say hello, and and he could say hi and then tell you about his political opinions. And it's that interaction that makes these holograms so relevant and and so real. Right, because then also if, say, a brand creates some sort of experiment where they create a salesperson, you'll know from the data um, that that you were mentioning that people always ask this one question, and so that means for them as a brand that's a question that somehow is not being answered in their other marketing stuff like that, like insight, right? Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. So whether whether it's an actual hologram salesperson you're talking to or instead a display showing different products and showing different ways that you can customize them and, and your emotions change the color, they, they change the feature that you want, we're tracking all that. So maybe everybody wants a pink and not blue. Um, different data like that we can collect just by letting people interact with the holograms. That's so cool. So are there other trends in augmented reality that you guys are seeing, um, you know, outside of holograms? I mean, are there other things that you're playing with as well? Yeah, so even, even just within holograms, there, there's different trends. You know, we're starting to get into education with museums. We've been doing a lot of experiential marketing with brands, and, and brands are really a leader in the ARVR space. You know, they're using their budgets to do cool experimental events with, with this type of tech. Um, and other AR players are, of course, Microsoft HoloLens, which is, is coming out uh, and will be available soon. And, and that's really, really powerful. Um, but it is that individual experience. So it makes more sense to, to wear that, you know, when you're at home or it's that one-on-one experience where ours is the group experience. Do, do you think that people will be having some sort of, like, AR experience in their home you know, like in their kitchen, telling them how to cook something? Or do you envision, like, you know, building out solutions that are more daily interaction? Definitely. I mean, the, the thing about AR is it can apply to every aspect of our life. 
And, and the future is screenless. And, and it's not AR versus VR. It's really a mixed reality. And, and there'll be a whole spectrum there as this technology continues to evolve. So from cooking in your kitchen and seeing a timer go off above the rice to tell you you need to take it off. Or, or it appears right above that to put more salt in. Or you go to your car and looking at your car, you see it says 200 more miles till your oil change is needed. It, it's this seamless access to data that will make all aspects of our life easier. What, what, um, what, why is this all uh, you know, what's the reason that, that um, you know, this is being enabled now or consumers are accepting it now? A, a lot of it is just the, the right time. So, you know, we now have really amazing content that we can work with. We can do 4K and 8K content. And to give you context, that's four times and eight times the resolution of your HDTV. So it's very, very real looking. Um, we have the processing power to, to handle that. We, we have the display to do that. It's just really the right time in a tech space. And, and, you know, the evolution of cell phones really helped create a lot of that technology. And then now it's kind of become private equity funding the future of VR and AR to get that to the next level. God, it's, it's just ridiculously cool. And you mentioned mixed reality um, and I know I, I heard that on a panel that you guys hosted uh, a week or two ago, and it's the first time I kind of heard that expression. That, so what does that exactly mean? So that, that really is the whole umbrella of, you know, virtual reality and augmented reality. It, it just means, you know, it's, it's digital and the real world. And if you watch, there was a TED Talk um, on HoloLens. It was really great. And he, he's wearing the HoloLens, and then he sees digital images in front of him, and he can still see the real world. So that's that's augmented reality technically, but then as he keeps talking, more and more digital starts to appear, and eventually he's almost immersed in, in a digital environment, which in the beginning we talked about that's, that's VR, completely immersing yourself. And so there's going to be this spectrum, and it, it's really, it, it will get hard to really separate the difference. But for right now, the, the technology we have available, it is still pretty separate. That's cool. How how long does it take usually if a brand comes to you and says, you know, we want to create some sort of experience at an event? If it's, you know, and I know you can't tell me budgets and all that kind of stuff, but how long does it usually take to to create something? It really depends on the size of the display, the venue, and the content we're creating. Um, but I can tell you we've done things in less than six days because that was the time that we had and we made it happen. Um, you know, South by Southwest, uh, the event for DJI, we actually did in about two weeks. Um, so it was, we can make it happen. Um, other, other things are, you know, a, a year-long sales cycle, and it's because of the creative and, the, and getting all the right people involved. Um, so it really just depends. And, and when you, I mean, I, I don't know if you've ever thought about this before, but, you know, you, you said you're an engineer, were you thinking as you were going to school that you were going to get into this space, or is it just something that you kind of stumbled upon? You know, I always wanted to start my own company since I was five years old selling granola bars on the bike trail, right? Oh <laughs> but God, I didn't know. Yeah, I, but I didn't know what, um, what that company would be. And, and I always liked engineering. I always liked tinkering. Um, and, it, and it really just evolved from literally seeing friends watching live streams of concerts on their laptops and, and thinking that was a terrible experience. How could I improve on that experience? And it, it evolved from there. And I was always so interested in entertainment and in 
you know, the, the, the amazing light shows that happen at concerts and the LED walls and the technology that goes behind that and, and the time coding. And so this was really just like the next logical step to, to be interested. Yeah, and I, I, I know that you're very active in the female founder space, um, you know, because there, there are, aren't a lot of female founders, but when there are them, they're usually really hardworking ladies who just pounded away at a vision they had like yourself. And I'm, I'm wondering, you know, are, are, are you finding that there are more and more female founders kind of coming up now? Is it still a, a rarity or is it just not talked about a lot or... Um, you know, as as someone who's sort of leading the way, is there a big change coming in the tech industry for for women leaders? Um, I hope so. I hope there's more coming. Um, you know, I think you know. I just see in general there there's just not a, as many of us. You know, I, I think this this stat is something crazy. Like only three percent of funded companies are are women founders, um, which is so so tiny. Um, but I think we are starting to see more. I know I'm meeting more women VCs. I'm definitely seeing uh, more women funding, which is great because I think that will help have more women-funded companies. Um, and I think it's just a matter of time, and, it, and it's a matter of um, having great support networks out there to, to support each other. And, you know, I'm part of a few different groups to, to do that. And really it just helps to have um, other people in your same shoes going through the same problems, whether you're a male or a female, really, as a founder, you go through a lot. And it's nice to talk to other people going through the same stuff. Yeah, I mean, I I love how focused you are. When I met you, I was really impressed with that. And I just remember, you know, when I was your age, I had no clue about what I wanted to do. (laughs) And I'm just wondering, also, is this a sort of, you know, um, new trend as well that, you know, this next generation, uh, millennials and, and moving forward are just a little bit more focused on the ball or, or you know, or am I just trying to look for a stat? But I just remember just not knowing who I was and what I wanted to do. And you're just like the most focused person I've ever met. <laughs> I don't know about that, but thank you. Um, I think, I think with our, our generation, we're, we started at a, it's not a, a like quarter life crisis. It's, it's, or it is a quarter life crisis now. It's not a midlife crisis. We just moved it up. So now we're <laughs> 24. We're panicking saying, no, what do I really want to do with my whole life? Um, and, and that's, you know, what a lot of my friends who are founders, it was then they were like, no, I don't, I don't want to be a cog in a wheel for the rest of my life. I want to start my own company doing this. This is what I'm passionate about now. Um, and, and I think it's just that change in the way that, that we're thinking about our futures. And there's a lot of tools now and support networks to, to help young founders, right, would you say? Oh, right. I mean, there's so much technology out there. I think even LegalZoom itself was a startup, but you can go on there and you can have an LLC and do it yourself uh, very cheaply without having to, you know, hire an expensive lawyer, which eventually you need to hire an expensive lawyer to make sure your company is structured properly. We're just getting started and getting your foot in the door is that much easier and that much more affordable. And even making a website, anybody can make a website now. Um, and all of a sudden you have an e-commerce site. Um, so just starting, uh, the, the barrier to start a company has, has fallen drastically. And also when you decided to partner with Ben, was that an easy decision to make um, just because you guys filled each other's sort of holes or you know, were you were you planning to partner all along? Because I know that's a big decision for a lot of folks to make. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it really happened organically. It was something where uh, Ben and I met because we both imported sunglasses from China to resell them. Um, <laughs> we had a lot of mutual friends, and they were like, who does this? You two need to meet each other. Um, so that's how we met. And uh, from there, we were always just really talking about business ideas and throwing different ideas back and forth. Um, both uh, weren't completely happy in our current jobs, and that's when I had the DJ idea and said, you know, come help me, come help me do this. You, you hate your job. He quit and bought a one-way ticket to China, backpacking. Um, and I was emailing him saying, I have DJs interested. You need to get back to L.A. and help me start this company. Um, and, oh. and he came back to L.A. and we officially started Ventana. So, um, yeah, I think we really complement each other. Um, he did business entrepreneurship. Um, he's our COO and really helps with the operations now. Um, and then I've kind of led the, the technology um, and as CEO do kind of a lot of talks like this and really educating the marketplace on, on what AR is. Yeah. Well, um, like I said, I'm, I'm always so impressed by such focused people. Well, we're going to be back in a moment to talk more with Ashley about some other tech trends and more tech trends that she thinks is interesting that she sees popping up and potentially um, in, intersecting with augmented reality and holograms. So we'll be back in a moment with the fabulous Ashley Crowder and Ventana on the Tech Tap Show. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform. Innovate. Create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. The Leadership Hour explores what it takes to become a leader who inspires. Inspirational leaders drive higher creativity, lower turnover, and better quality work. Yet few understand their impact on others. We are blind to what we do and don't do well. Training can help, but only if we know our blind spots. To hear strategies for becoming an inspirational leader, join Christine Cowan Gascoigne on the Leadership Hour, where leadership and inspiration intersect. Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. How is your work-life balance? In most businesses, no matter where you are positioned, there is always room for improvement. If you're an executive, learn insight about your business. Are you an employee? Learn how to better work with your team. Even if you're not in business, you can learn where your strengths and weaknesses can be played to their best potential. The Work-Life Balance with host Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. And we're back with the fabulous Ashley Crowder talking about Ventana and augmented reality. 
Essie, you were an engineer. You came up as an engineer. Is your house totally teched out? Like, do you have the latest technology, all sorts of gadgets? Like, is it a big sort of tech explosion? <laughs> um, kind of. I mean, I definitely was probably one of the first people to cut the cord and get rid of cable and go with Apple TV and Amazon Prime and all of that. Um, I, I love new gadgets, but really all my time is now at the office. <laughs> probably where, where most of the, the stuff is. Um, but yeah, I mean, I love, I love experimenting with new tech and really the culture at our company, um, we always want people introducing new stuff that they find because it's always interesting to see how it can fit in with the experiences that we're creating. When you, um, when you look at and evaluate a tech, are you wearing your Ventana hat or are you wearing um, Ashley hat or is it kind of a, a mixture of both? Because certainly I'm always bringing stuff into the house and I don't even know mm-hmm. why anymore have to have that thing, and sometimes I have no use for it, but I just want it. <laughs> no, that's you great. Know. I mean, it's curiosity is such a good thing, and I'd, I'd say my Ventana hat and my hat's the same hat, for better or worse, so I'm just kind of, it's always thinking about, oh, this could be added to this experience and make that that much better. I mean, even starting to learn more about, you know, IBM Watson and being able to incorporate that with our hologram displays to give them artificial intelligence so that they can answer any question that you have. Um, you know, that's kind of where my mind always goes. And same with our whole team. I mean, everyone on our team is super curious and, and always looking at new tech and bringing it in and saying, oh, what if we did this, which is really exciting and, and such a great culture to be a part of. Is curiosity then, I think, a, you know, a quality that is necessary for any new tech company right now? Yeah, I would definitely say so because... You know, you you can't build something in a in a black box. You'll build it, and it will be outdated, and and no one wants to pay for it. So I'd I'd say you definitely have to be curious, know what's out there, continually do your research, make sure you're continually innovating to keep yourself relevant. And are are you also that goes to like every new tech show there is to find out new stuff? I mean, you're obviously running a company, so you can't be going anywhere all the time, but. How do you find out, you know, what's new? Like what, what's coming yeah, down I mean, the pipe? I think, yeah, I, I think the number one thing with starting a company is knowing that you can't do everything um, and it's building a great team. And we definitely, you know, we send people. We, we were all at CES this year because we had a client there the past two years. And CES is a, is a great show to, to see some of the latest technology. Um, but there's so many conferences. So, you know, we send our, our developers and our engineers to, to different shows depending on what's there. Um, you know, I'm always reading blogs. We have Google alerts for certain uh, terminology just to, to make sure we're up to date on, on the most relevant tech. And um, it's, it's definitely a whole team effort. I ask that question. What's the Google alerts that you're looking at? Um, well, definitely holograms, augmented reality, virtual reality, artificial intelligence. Um, <laughs> my name, just to make sure, you know. <laughs> oh, right, your name. <laughs> do, you, um, do you have any AI engines in the house? Like, are you looking at Siri, Google Now, Alexa, those guys? I mean, I know you talked about Watson, but... Anything like? Are you living in a smart apartment, smart house? Um, we're we're looking at those. I mean, um, it, it we're kind of experimenting with with a lot of different ones, seeing what works for us. We really rely on our clients to tell tell us what they want, and and then we'll we'll integrate and and we're innovating, but we let our our clients kind of drive 
drive the direction uh, a little bit there with, with the experience. Um, and then also whenever we have spare time. <laughs> yeah, whenever you have spare time, right. So what, what's been the most surprising thing about building this business out? Um, you know, how, how people are reacting to it or... You know, I'm, I'm just curious because I, I know in everything I've done in business, it's never what I'm worried about that ends up, you know, being the issue. So is, is there anything that's really caught you off guard about either how quickly this has exploded or how clients are reacting? Yeah, I, I would still say the, the hologram selfie, um, I did not see that coming. <laughs> you know, that we did it, the, the first time we did this experience was a, a pre-party uh, for the White House Correspondence Center in D.C., and, you know, we were a little nervous because we were acquiring, you know, we were getting all this kind of data from people, we were getting their likeness, um, and it was politicians and celebrities and, and people who are normally very guarded about giving that information. Um, but the minute they got to be a hologram, nobody cared. We had a line the whole night, and over 600 people did it, and that was kind of like where the hologram selfie was born, and we made it a turnkey solution, and, and we've really been selling a lot of those now. It was almost 80% of our, our revenue last year. Um, and, and I think that was wow. one of the most shocking. <laughs> so, so you have um, a lot of, uh, you had a lot of famous people coming up and doing it. And I guess famous people become regular people responding to something really cool and really emotional in the end. Um, how, how interesting. Who was the most famous person that did a hologram selfie? Um, well, I would say Roger Federer came and did the experience himself. So it was hologram Roger with real Roger, um, and, and that oh was really God. entertaining. He he really enjoyed <laughs> it. He was cracking up. It, it was really great. <laughs> and that's, that's what's oh fun, and, and you kind of hit the nail on the head is, you know, even adults kind of become like kids with this technology because it feels like magic. Um, and it's just been so fun to see people interact with what we built and have such a fun experience. What do you think is going to be coming down the pike for immersive content? I know you mentioned mixed reality, but do you think there's any big game changer coming soon for this space, uh, you know, outside of all the Oculus and Facebook 360 announcements and things like that? Is, is there anything that else that you're kind of looking at and thinking when that lands, that's going to be huge? You know, I, all the tech that's coming out is, is amazing, but what, what I really find fascinating is the storytelling aspect and, and how you get across certain messages. So I, I think one of the most impactful things I've heard about is a, a VR experience where you are in the perspective of a cow in a slaughterhouse. And this is funded by people, oh, wow. who want people okay. to be vegetarians. And how terrifying that virtual experience is and, and how it's affecting people and changing their behavior, um, I think is pretty amazing and, and intriguing. And so it, it'll be interesting to see how people use these different mediums to, to teach people um, compassion and empathy and, and really convey new messaging. Good. I never thought about that. I did um, at a Seagraph last year try on um, a hug, you know, wearing some goggles, and I put on a glove, and it gave you the perspective that you were like a five-year-old, um, yeah. so that everyone everyone you saw was much taller and looming over you, and it gave me the perspective of my six-year-old that I've never had before, um, and how terrifying it was to be this littlest thing in the room, you know? Um, so I didn't even think about that, that that, that POV is really what what's, what's being 
here. And um, from a brand's perspective, they want you, they want to understand your POV. So this is like gold to them, I would think. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the the brands we work with are so excited because it's it's a more people are going towards. We don't just want data on a group of people. We want we want to understand you personally and how can we help you specifically. And, and it's just moving towards this extreme personalization, which is only going to benefit the consumer and, and the products that they can get um, and, and help the brand better design for the future. Now, do you think, um, you know, we're going to take a break in a minute, but before we, we do, uh, there, there's this tremendous social thing that happens after you do a hologram selfie. And I've been talking a lot about with colleagues and with my students at Loyola about um, that sort of interaction between content, tech, and behavior. And the social piece right now seems to be so big, which is why all the announcements around Facebook Live and 360 is, you know, everyone's excited about because of, the, you know, the eminent sociability of all of that content. Has that been a big part of, you know, what you guys are doing? Because I know I got that email right after I, you know, did your experience. So right. is the social activation piece, like, is it a must-have in these type of things? Yes, I, I, I definitely think so. Because, I mean, one, in, you know, as we mentioned in the beginning, no one's, not very many people are, are watching traditional media, um, hardly at all anymore, especially millennials. And so how do you reach them? And, and they are on social. Um, but, you know, we've already trained ourselves to ignore pop-up ads. We, we know exactly immediately where that X is to get rid of it. And, and people don't really pay attention to banner ads anymore. But I am going to pay attention to something that my sister shared. And she might have shared a dress, and I appreciate her opinion, and, and I might buy that dress way more than I would buy a dress that's in a banner ad on, on my Facebook page. And because of that, it's user-generated content that has become so valuable. And what we're doing is giving people a fun experience that they want to share to their community that's associated with a brand and really giving the brand that has been so powerful because user-generated content is way more likely to be reposted, reshared, and people trust it way more. Yeah, I love this too because while it is user-generated content, it's not, you know, me shooting another cat video, but it's this other thing <laughs> that really professional, really, pro- you know, really... Um, well thought out and uh, kind of premium content too, because gosh, where unless I've experienced a Ventana hologram selfie, it's not like I can just get that content, right? Like you have to go where it is. Right. Well, we can. We could do hologram cats too, so that's possible. <laughs> but yeah, no, we have to take um, one last short break, um, and when we come back, um, I want to find out a little bit more about what are the long-term plans for Ventana um, and what, what we should be looking out for from, for you guys. So we'll be back in a moment with Ashley Crowder from Ventana talking about AR and holograms and our last break on the TechCap Show. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? 
From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. Did you know where you bank really matters? Values-based banking is a growing, global, viable alternative to the current banking system. Find out how you can join, share, and participate in a positive money movement that is designed to put the power back in your pockets. Listen for Building Banking on Values with host Linda Ryan. Your money matters. There is a solution, and you can be a part of something greater. Tune in every Thursday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. It's about a different kind of banking. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. So we've been discussing augmented reality and holograms, which is just a really hot space along with virtual reality and how brands can really activate this stuff really smartly and all the great data that's being thrown off. So Ashley Crowder from Ventana was telling us all the things that they're doing. What's coming down the, the pipe um, with Ventana? Are there more products coming down? Are there any great client experiences that we could look out for? Yeah, you know, we will be doing uh, a few different museum installations this year. Um, so you should definitely follow us on Twitter and Facebook to find out when we can release those. Uh, which is super exciting. Um, I'll also be at Augmented World Expo June 1st and 2nd, um, which is a really great augmented reality conference. Um, and, and I'll be there talking more about how people can use augmented reality to collect data and, and how that's useful. Um, and, yeah, the best thing is really just to follow us on, on social to find out when our next events are. I love um, that it's called Augmented Reality Expo because it sounds like, I don't know if you remember that movie, uh, I'm totally dating myself, but it was called Westworld and uh, I think it was um, Yul Brenner was like a robot that went bad in this world. <laughs> like, you know, Augmented Reality World. <laughs> right, awesome. I totally yeah, who knows what's going to happen there. So it'll definitely be exciting. Yeah. Are you finding yourself in a situation where you're doing a lot of keynotes and speaking, leading that conversation about AR? Yeah, I, I have started to do that, and it's been helpful from the consumer and client education perspective. And I think I mentioned this, you know, when we first started, augmented reality, people didn't know what that was, and VR wasn't a buzzword. So it, it was really hard in the beginning because we were doing all this educating the client and then trying to, to sell them this technology. And so really speaking at more conferences has been a way to get the word out more um, and, and really help with that education. And then we're also doing a, a lot more events. But apart from events, we're really starting to do a lot more permanent installations. Um, so we're selling our hardware in stadiums, resorts, casinos, um, places where this can live, and then we can supply all different types of holographic content, which is exciting. Oh, that's interesting. So then if it becomes an installation, then it's server-side, right? And then you can change out, and you're just pumping it through a platform. Is that right? Kind of we can push, of all yeah, this? right. We can push interactive holographic content remotely. Um, so once 
you know, we, we're working on installations in the U.S., to Montenegro, to, to China, and, and we can still push all of this content and software remotely from our office and, and update that. So whether it's a retail store and, and you want to update every season, uh, we can do that to, you know, say the Staples Center, and they have three different teams, but we can easily press a button or even set a timer so it changes from the Clippers sponsor to the Lakers sponsor um, in completely different color schemes. So all of that is possible. And this really becomes almost a new type of media buy, um, you know, where exactly. eventually I could see you being inside of trading desks where an agency just goes on there and places their AR buy. I mean, I'm sure you've thought of all this, but this is like, that. that is a mind blow that this becomes a standard form of content. Exactly. And it's almost we see ourselves as that clear channel, but for holographic content. Um, and being oh able my to God, have, that's a mind blow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and being able to have that, that interactive hologram content with the data piece behind it. Because some of these industries we're talking to, they don't even have access to any data right now. You know, most studios don't know who's buying the tickets to their movies. But having these displays in the lobbies allows you to collect that information that they have never had access to before. Right, and consumers are cool about it because they're getting, they're, they're, they're really getting something out of it. God, that is just, um, that is a complete mind blow to think about this being sort of normal. You know, like AR experiences being the new digital out of home. Yeah, and right. I mean, it's, it's, it's not just us. I mean, there's, there's Leap Motion, which is doing huge, uh, huge work. In, in AR, and, and, you know, they agree, you know, the future is screenless. There won't be screens, but we will see the digital in, in our reality, whether it's through headsets or goggles or implants or holographic hardware. Um, but that's, that's what a lot of people are talking about is the future. And I, I've heard a lot about Leap Motion, and I know they, um, you know, keep getting investments, and I know you guys are getting investments. Do you think that AR companies are sort of the new pretty girl at the party. Certainly VR has been getting a ton of money um, this year. Do you, do you expect that to just keep going as, as everyone tries to understand the opportunities here? Yeah, I, I would say there's, VR has definitely be, been getting a lot of money. I mean, Leap Motion has raised a lot, um, but they're, they're the outlier, I think, within the AR space. Um, but people are starting to catch on, and, and I think it's only a matter of time. Um, and, you know, a, a lot of people are saying, you know, AR is the future of VR. Um, so, so VR is the great beginning where people can really be immersed and wowed, and now it's leading into a lot of other applications. Well, yeah, well, well, I love that. I did hear that before. How, how would you describe that, that AR is the future of VR? Is it because once I'm in a world, then I want to take something out with me, or my natural inclination would be to interact with something myself physically? Yeah, well, because, you know, VR is amazing but you're completely in the digital world. So, you know, imagine being able to have digital help in, in your re- real world. I mean, computers almost make you superhuman. You, you can research and find the answer immediately um, or, or immediately have a fix to something. But being able to apply that digital knowledge in real time to whatever you're doing. So, you know, Daiquiri, for instance, wearing their helmets, um, you can see directions to the job you're doing on a job site. So you no longer have to be a 10-year senior expert in this field, but you could be someone new, but the helmet's telling you exactly what knobs to turn and what to do. Um, so it really is empowering people to do things that they couldn't do before. 
God, that is so cool. So the the reality is, too, is that there are other AR companies doing things, but you all seem to be unique in the type of things that you're doing and in what your special sauces are. Is that correct? More more so than virtual reality companies who all are just creating VR, you guys are all sort of specializing in particular areas, right? Yeah, you know, I'd say there, there's not many players in, in the hologram space, which is what we're very focused on, um, though we see our content and software becoming display agnostic and, and used in other aspects of AR and VR. Um, Daiquiri has been very focused on um, the workplace and, and education for the workplace, which makes sense for, for their helmets. Um, and then, you know, that competes some with, with HoloLens. It'll be interesting to see what industry, you know, HoloLens focuses on and if that takes away from, from Daiquiri or, or who wins out that battle. Though so I think that the market is so big, there's space for all the players that are here right now. So we'll see how that continues to grow. And what, and what role is Leap Motion playing in all of this? Is that more of, of um, you know, how you interact with, like, daily objects? Yeah, so Leap, Leap Motion has been, you know, pretty secretive on, on what they're doing. You know, they in general, you know, they see the future being screenless, um, and, and they're looking at, you know, doing implants on, on your eyes or just not having to wear anything and being able to see this projected um, directly onto your eye. Uh, which I think is fascinating. Um, I think we're a ways away from that, especially a ways away from the general public accepting that. Um, but uh, I'm going to be interested. I keep following them, so we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so before before we wrap up, tell us one more time how we can we can track you. You're at, at Ashley Crowder on on um, uh, um, in, uh, Twitter um, so and I'm also at, been uh, no, so I'm at a Crowder. Uh, 14 on Twitter and uh, okay. Ventana is Ventana Live and there's no E in Ventana because of trademark reasons. So uh, this is V-N-T-A-N-A Live um, is Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. And then if I, if somebody, if a brand would like to see some examples, they can go to your website and uh, talk to you guys. And um, it's not too hard to understand um, really the powerful um, response that you've been getting from folks that are um, engaging with your content so we can attract the fabulous Ashley Crowder. And are you going to be talking anywhere at any female founder events that we can um, go to? Um, I don't have one scheduled immediately, but definitely on Twitter I, I will always post when I'm, I'm doing those this, this types of events. Well, I love talking to you, not only because, like I said, you're like one of the most focused people I've met in a long time, but also because what you're doing is so interesting and you've really operationalized the cutting-edge tech, cutting-edge tech in a, in a way that brands and businesses can really understand the value. So please, everybody, check out what Ventana is doing. The hologram selfie um, is just a huge success, and I expect we'll be hearing more from Ashley and, and all of her, her co-founder, Ben, and all the fabulous folks um, at Dentana. This is Lori Schwartz, your Tech Cat Girl. Next week, we're going to be reporting live from the NAB show with the Voice America team. So hopefully you'll tune in and um, hear about all the uh, new advertising um, advanced technologies that are broadcast and content space. And there'll be um, a lot of chatter about VR and augmented reality at the NAB show, too. And maybe Ashley and I will hang out a little bit. Or at least maybe we'll augment, augmentally hang out. Is that an expression? <laughs> I don't know. Sure, we're making it up anyway. now. So. <laughs> That's right. 
Thank you so much, Ashley, and, um, and everyone at Ventana, and we'll be hearing from you guys soon. Take care, and goodbye from Thanks the Tech so much. Thanks so much for listening to the Tech Cat Show. Please join Lori H. Schwartz again for another great program next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel and syndicated to the Voice America Women's Channel. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.